Well, welcome to Manager Tools. Today we conclude our conversation about the starter feedback model. If you haven't listened to last week's show, you might want to do so first. Assuming that you have, here we go. Step two is to state behavior, and, and this step is just like step two in our standard model. Nothing's changed here. Just like step one above is just like our step one in our standard model. And all we're doing here is pointing out what our direct did, right? We're stating out loud what behavior we observed or saw or heard. And we got to note here that there are five behaviors. When we talk about behavior, there are only five. The words we right. say, how we say them our facial expressions, our body language, and our work product. That's it. Yep. Here's a quick quiz. Many managers ask us about directs of theirs with, quote, bad attitudes, unquote. And look, nobody's going to argue. Everybody's had one or everybody's seen a peer or a boss, for that matter, who's had a bad attitude. We all know what it is. And they say to us, you know what I mean, Mark. You know what I mean, Mike. They're rude. They're unprofessional. They act as if everyone else is stupid and they don't look and then they don't like their work. Yeah, we could get, we could give direct feedback to them about that, right? Using those words, right? <laughs> Stupid, rude, unprofessional. Yeah, no, we can't because look, we're not arguing that what, what you said is true that 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 person is that way. It's not feedback because it's not describing behavior, right? In order for a manager to characterize, that's what you're doing, characterizing someone as acting as if in a certain way or as being rude or as unprofessional. They'd have to first see or hear the direct do something or say something for them to draw that conclusion. Right. And frankly, when we talk about feedback, we know that most managers' responses are because they've gotten angry responses from directs from what these managers mistakenly thought was feedback. In other words, managers try to give feedback. They give feedback about attitude and they get pushback. Well, they're not giving feedback. Feedback is about behavior. If you tell someone about their attitude, they're going to feel personally attacked. And feedback, our model of feedback, has nothing to do with personal attacks. They don't talk about behavior, which is what the direct did. They talk about the direct themselves. Rather than describing what they saw, you know, it's usually pretty hard to argue with. Think about arguing about somebody with what you saw someone, a character do in a movie. And by the way, if you ever want to be trained on how to see behaviors, simply watch a movie. You'll see all kinds of behaviors what they do and how they say it and so on. Actors are trained to behave. That's what they do. That's all they have is their skills in behaving. Um, how they feel emotionally is completely unseeable to us when we watch a movie. We might feel something, but the reason we feel it is because of their behaviors. Yeah, and these managers who aren't aren't giving feedback, they go from from what they saw to what it says about the direct personally, and directs do not like it. Yeah. <laughs> And we respect the fact that, you know, it's no wonder so many managers don't give feedback when what they've been calling feedback is not, it's what directs would call a personal attack. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Think about the, the, the story that we always tell at conferences with clients and friends when we say, consider the situation where you tell a direct, hey, you have a bad attitude. What do you think the direct is going to say? We ask that of conference groups. We say, what would a direct say if we said, Hey, you've got a bad attitude. All right. And the same three words every time. 
Right. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and look, as hard as it is to hear as a manager, right? Because our jobs are hard enough as it is. The fact is that direct may be right. We can't see their attitude. We can't prove what they're thinking and feeling. And really, what's more, why bother doing something, telling them they have a bad attitude, that so clearly creates a defensive response? If what we're trying to do has anything to do with the future, what good does it do to make them mad now about something that happened before? So, pretty simple. Step two, we state the behavior we've observed. And I admit, this is probably too long a review for some of you. And it would only be worse if we, uh, you know, if we tried to cover enough examples of behavior to really make this point. But I do want to make at least one. Let's take one of our directs. Let's say he's technically bright guy. Uh, he's an individual performer. He, he's known for long hours and odd hours. He loves diet soda. He loves playing computer games. And he's a great coder. I'm not saying there's anybody like that in the world, but if there were <laughs> any work for us, let's say we were in a meeting. And Mike and I noted that our internal customer really didn't like this guy. We saw looks on their faces that they were they felt some of his comments were distasteful. And frankly, we look at the guy and we think, yeah, we agree. He's, he's arrogant. He's not a team player. And here's the moment that makes a difference. Rather than telling him that, that he's an arrogant non-team player, knowing now he'll just say, no, I'm not, you pause first. And we say to ourselves, wait, what did I and the client actually see? What did we actually hear? What were the behaviors, remember there are five, that caused us to draw the right conclusion about arrogance, but even if it's right, addressing it will be ineffective. And you say, oh, I get it. He rolled his eyes when one of his fellow coders made a suggestion. He snorted at one comment. I mean, snorting is a behavior, believe it or not. He crossed his arms when the client disagreed with him. He actually said to the client, that won't work. Now, it's okay, facial expressions. He, he rolled his eyes. There's a facial expression. Right. The words he says and how he said it might be two things rolled up into. He snorted, yep. right? He, he yep. made a snorting word, whatever that is, and he right. said it. Everybody knows what that sounds like. He crossed his arms, so there's some body language there. Yep. Um, and there, there's some more words he said. Yeah, that, that won't, won't work. work. Yeah. Okay. And all of that is behavior. So step two, you describe behavior and it's simple. You start with when you. So it would sound like this in the model. When you roll your eyes, when you snort the way you did, when you cross your arms after others disagree with you, when you say that won't work. Those are all examples of perfect little simple examples of step two, state the behavior. Right. Again, this is the starter model and it sounds just like the full model so far folks behavior 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 not characterizations folks who have listened to us for years have listened to the feedback podcast several times they still trip up on this focus on behavior and the effect of your feedback is going to be much greater okay so step three simple we've described the behavior now we're going to describe the impact right yeah look it's obvious what happens next right We've asked if the direct is open to feedback. Can I share something with you? We've stated the behavior. When you roll your eyes, when you say that won't work. Now we've simply got to help them see the impact or the outcome of the behavior we've shared with them that we observed. This is the reaction that follows the action. 
And now we don't have to confine ourselves to behaviors because the impacts of behaviors are not just behaviors. And the reason we stick to behaviors in step two is that's something that's provable. But we don't have to prove our reactions, particularly if we're talking about us. Think of it this way. Think of a spouse saying, when you call me a jerk, it hurts my feelings. The first part is behavior. You know, she called him a jerk. He probably was a jerk, but anyway. The second part isn't behavior, but it's nonetheless a completely accurate and unarguable impact of the behavior. If he got his feelings hurt, then it's true. Now, if he had said, when you show disrespect to me, I get my feelings hurt, that's different because now you're characterizing rather than actually saying, hey, when you call me a jerk, which is actually the word she used. And his, his spouse may his spouse may very well say, no, I didn't, I yeah, didn't disrespect I'm not, I'm you. I'm showing you disrespect. Right. I'm just calling a spade a spade. Exactly. <laughs> You're a jerk. Right. And, and, and there ensues an argument about the exactly. definition of disrespect. Yeah. The incident behavior, the, the, the predicate behavior, the, the thing you're stating, has to be unassailable. It has to be videotapable, if you will. While the resultant impacts could be emotions, they could be business results, they could be conclusions, they could be changes in opinions, decisions, etc. So, step three is much less pure in, in, in the sense that it doesn't have to be videotapable. I can say, when you do X, it hurts my feelings. And because I own my feelings, me stating how I feel as the person who's delivering the feedback is absolutely true. So let's go back to our, our code, arrogant coder, the person we've never seen in our lives. Just Yeah, it doesn't exist, but yeah. yeah. Um, how might that sound? So it would sound like this. You know, Mike, can I share something with you? Sure. When you roll your eyes and you tell other people in the meeting, that won't work. Here's what happens. I have to go listen to the clients complain. They don't like you. And it makes us look arrogant. And look, this isn't rocket science. It's very simple and very elegant. All we're doing is asking permission to share with them a cause and effect relationship related to our work, our business, our job, our professions that we either want to change in the future or we want to continue. Because if what they're doing is effective, we'd give them positive feedback, right? Right. Yeah. In our first cast, those of you who remember, we, I think, probably somewhat mistakenly referred to step three as the quote unquote piling on step. It's so nice of you to say we somewhat mistakenly referred to as opposed to actually Mark actually mistakenly referred to step three. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice. You're trying so, to be nice. So we've learned <laughs> that that approach, you know, wasn't terribly helpful for many managers. And they felt like they had to have several impacts, right? That they couldn't give feedback until they had a whole bunch of impacts that they could yeah. share with their directs. And they weren't terribly good at stringing them together very quickly. And so we created this barrier to giving feedback that really turned out to be ineffective. It was inadvertent, but we did. And, and really what it boiled down to was that... Um, they didn't give feedback. <laughs> yeah, we didn't give feedback. People shied away from it because we suggested something that made it hard. And I often call this the paragraph argument. People feel they had to script a paragraph in advance and scripting a paragraph is hard. You can script two sentences, but not a whole paragraph. And so people said, I don't have time for a paragraph, so I'm not going to do it. So now we recommend shorter and simpler feedback. We encourage attendees at conferences and elsewhere. And at conferences, we practice till everybody's blue in the face. We try to give feedback in 15 second bits. One of the feedback examples we use, I, I deliver in seven words. And we do this to lower the barrier, to make it easier to go over that McGuire hump of the horseman curve, 
because we know that effective managers do give frequent feedback to their directs about how they're doing, good and bad. Right. And, and the feedback can be literally eight seconds. I mean, we found the shorter, the better. Yeah. If you increase your volume, if shorter allows you to increase your volume and you do it more, you get better at it, your directs get more comfortable with it. And now you're comfortable doing it all the time and you're able to give a lot more adjustments without any angst, without any fear, without any pushback, without any defensiveness. It approaches the efficiency of the market where if your product does well, it gets bought more. And if it doesn't do well, it gets bought less. Right. I go back to the point about feedback not being the infliction of pain on your directs. And a two-minute piece of feedback starts to feel like pain. Yeah. Right. And, and we're not trying to make it painful. It's just, yeah. it's just feedback. Yeah. And let me just mention one other semantic point that we think helps. Our anchor phrase in step three of the standard model is here's what happens. So I say, hey, Mike, can I give you some feedback? When you do X, here's what happens. Y, Z, A, B, C. Okay. To save time and to smooth your delivery, we encourage you to leave out those words. Here's what happens when you're doing the starter model. If you think you can, I happen to like them because they're an anchor for me. And you'll see in a second, we've streamlined the model and that small phrase isn't really necessary. Eliminating it, we think, could, for some of you, add to the feel of the starter model. Okay, so steps one, two, and three. Okay, so what's the what's the final step of this, the starter feedback model? Yeah, it's step three. <laughs> <laughs> so are we talking about step four? Yeah, no, don't do it. Don't do step four. The final, model, final step is step three. In the starter feedback model, for those managers just starting out, trying to learn the model, we recommend you simply eliminate step four where you ask for a change in the future or in the event of positive feedback, you say thanks. The idea here is to give you less to worry about, less to complain about them in the model, and in the case of negative feedback specifically, eliminate the burden of asking for change, which some managers say makes them awkward and feel like maybe they have to come up with a, a change or the direct feels put on the spot. And you know, it, it's one less step. So it takes less time. And as you, as you alluded to, as you said, there's nothing wrong with taking less time. It gets right. people off the hook sooner. So, so it might be helpful to folks to hear the difference between the standard feedback model and the starter feedback model. I think if folks hear them side by side, so to speak, they'll draw an interesting conclusion like we did when we first talked about this. Okay. So you want, want the standard model first? Yeah. Why don't you do okay. That? So Mike, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Hey, when you roll your eyes and tell others their ideas won't work, here's what happens. I have to go talk to the client. It takes me time to repair the damage of the relationship. Can you do things differently next time? Uh, sure, boss. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, and now you want the starter model, right? Yep. Mike, can I give you some feedback? Sure. When you roll your eyes and tell others their ideas won't work, I have to go talk to the client. I mean, it takes me time to repair that damage. Just wanted you to know. That's it? That's it. Essentially, what we're doing is making clear the cause and effect relationship between the behavior and the impact. It sounds though, just to be honest, it sounds a little bit like you're not asking me to do anything differently. You're just asking me to consider doing something differently. No, I'm not even asking you to consider something doing. Oh. We're making clear the thing so that it will allow you to consider it. We're not asking you to consider it. We're allowing you to consider it by making clear the connection. We're not asking you to change. We're just laying it out there. It literally is for your consideration. It is not, will you buy it? It's something to consider. Really? So you're, you're, you're really building off the trust that we may have between us. Yeah. This is absolutely a more trusting approach. Yeah. 
We're specifically avoiding asking for change. We're saying, hey, if they learn, if this person learns that there are good or bad impacts, they're going to figure it out and they're going to move in the right direction. Yeah, that's interesting. And that seems to me the the, the fundamental difference between the starter model and our standard model is the, the starter model doesn't really specifically address the future. It relies on our direct to figure out what we think is effective in the future. Yeah. Now, to be clear, when you say it doesn't specifically address the future, you're right, it doesn't. Um, but it, 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 the purpose is still to encourage effective behavior in the future, but it doesn't address it by, by, by when it cuts off that step four, then we're not actually specifically talking about the future. We're, again, we're just trusting that the future behavior becomes obvious. If it's positive feedback, more of the same, please. And if it's negative feedback, hopefully you'll see that these impacts are not healthful, healthful or helpful to me and to you. And so maybe you'll change. Right. And, and I don't think people can see it. I mean, this might be a case where video would be useful, but and I can envision you as you're giving the feedback, as you end up with step three, that you're backing away. I mean, you're physically backing away from the conversation. Yeah, we do that at the conference. We try to show folks that, you know, you lean in and you say, hey, can you give some feedback? And hey, can you do that differently next time? And, and as you do step three and step four, you're already moving away. You're sending a message of, I don't need to have a five-minute conversation here. I'm not here to punish you. I'm not here to say, we need to have a conversation about what happened earlier today. Let's talk. Please do the perp walk over to my office so I can close the door and people can wonder how much trouble you're in. No. We're already moving away. Same thing here in, in step three. All we're doing is laying it out there. I even, as I've been doing it here on, on the cast, I've been holding my right hand out like I'm holding a tray of, of dishes as a waiter. So I'm basically saying, hey, look, why don't you consider this cause and effect I've got here? Because we've got a bad cause and effect. Maybe, maybe you ought to think about changing what you're doing. Again, I, I think for those managers who are listening, who aren't giving feedback re- regularly, I, I hope the starter model is a is a way to get over that hump of fear and not, not doing it. All right. So I get the new feedback model. And actually, I think it's going to be great for folks. It'll help overcome a lot of managers' fears in terms of giving feedback. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's so good and it works, then why not just drop all the other models? Why, why have the <laughs> other models to begin with? Why not just stick with a simple one? Simple is good. Yeah, simple is good. But it is really, I mean... I've tested it and it works to get you started. But if you only use this model and you do it for six months, you're going to find yourself pulling forward a little bit in, in the traces. You're, you're going to, you're going to be frustrated at some point because all we're doing with the starter model is suggesting that there may be something for the direct to consider. But suppose at the end of the year, Mike, you, you or coach, you, you know, you're giving me feedback as a direct. And your boss says, you know, Horseman could be doing better. I'm surprised. I put him on your team to help you develop him. I think he could be a manager someday. And I just really thought that he would be further along with you giving him feedback. Well, imagine you telling your boss, well, I've been suggesting things for him to consider, right? Right, right. That that's going to be a great, great conversation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if like, that's your you, you've defense, been suggesting what? Yeah, what? you've been suggesting things for him to consider. I mean, gosh, I mean, are you going to close the sale or not? So, look, think of the starter feedback model as the first step in the continuum of feedback. And when we say the continuum of feedback, we mean behavioral change, change in general, growth, development, and coaching. Yes. You can start with this model, and sometimes it's going to work, 
and you're going to love it. A direct is going to hear you. They're going to consider the cause and effect you've shared with them that you've asked them to consider. You've suggested they consider. They get it, and they make the change on their own. Lovely. It's not always going to work, though, right? Right. Sometimes it's not going to work. Right. We're going to make clear that cause and effect. And frankly, in many cases, we're going to hope that our directs figure out what we see in terms of a more effective future. Even if it's not the same one, if it's negative feedback, what we're hoping is to eliminate the mistake that that they did before. We're hoping for a more effective, even if it's not the perfect effective thing we have in our heads. But look, hope is not a method. And some of our directs aren't going to change their behaviors. Obviously, change would relate to negative feedback. If they don't, it's actually a little dangerous to keep giving negative feedback in the starter model. Again, even though you'll be able to say you've been giving feedback to someone, who cares if they haven't changed what needs to be changed? So that's why we say it's in a continuum. The starter model is an optional first step in a progression. Starter model, standard model, shot across the bow in some cases, Systemic feedback, and by the way, you cannot get to systemic feedback if you skip the standard model. Systemic feedback relies on step four of the standard model, which the starter model doesn't have. So starter model, standard model, shot across the bow in some cases, systemic feedback, coaching, and then unfortunately in the event of long-term efforts uh, on our part without success, at some point you would go to organizational sanctions. Go back for a second, if you would, to systemic fee- feedback and elaborate on that because systemic feedback is terribly important and, and terribly powerful. And um, I think folks need to really understand why they can't s- skip the standard model before going to it. Sure. Look, you you can't say to yourself, I, I, I didn't say it very clearly, but you can't say to yourself, I've done the starter thing and now I'm going to systemic feedback. It doesn't work that way. If we have an intractable behavioral problem, We've got to go through the standard model, and we have to go through the standard model, whether we've used the starter model or not, uh, to get to systemic feedback. And and for the veterans out there, those of you who have been listening for years, we've alluded to it, but we've never really laid out the systemic uh, feedback cast. It ought to be easy to see why that is. And that elimination of step four in the starter model precludes moving to systemic feedback, and that's an important, important factor. Okay, good. All right. So you want to sum up real quick? Yeah, sure. We, we've introduced a, a new um, version of, of the feedback model, and it's called starter feedback, and it includes step one, two, and three of the standard model. We ask, we state behavior, we describe impact, and then we don't discuss step four. This is a, a suggestion for consideration rather than a, a specific discussion about future behavior. And hopefully people understand better how it fits in in terms of the entire continuum of behavior improvement and behavior change that managers are essentially responsible for to the organization they're a part of. Awesome, dude. Thanks, partner. All right, man. We'll see you. Well, that's it, folks. That's the conclusion of the starter feedback model. If you've heard the feedback podcast and you haven't started giving feedback already, well, look no further than yourself. So try the starter feedback model and see if that works for you. Hey, before we go, though, one quick comment. With over 200 Manager Tools podcasts at this point, we found that a number of folks, and I mentioned this in the past, that they join the podcast, they start listening, and they feel like they've joined the conversation halfway through it. 
we've covered a lot over the course of the last three and a half years. And if you haven't gone back and listened to all the podcasts, I wanted to point you in the direction of the Manager Tools Basics cast. Manager Tools Basics include what we consider to be the basics of effective management, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation, and I think we threw in effective meetings in there as well. We have those in an easy-to-use RSS feed that you can add to iTunes so you can get all of them very quickly. Just go to the website and check out the RSS feed section, and you'll see a reference to the Manager Tools Basics. If you haven't added that to your podcast reader of choice, uh, you may want to do so. So with that, we'll see you all again next week. So long, folks. 